Welcome to Whiskey and Lemon. I am your host, Lana Mercedes. We are going to be discussing the five languages of apology, how to experience healing in all your relationships, a book written by Gary Chapman and Jennifer Thomas. Let's jump right into the five apology languages. Number one is expressing regret. Saying something like, I am sorry, is the apology language that focuses on emotional hurt. You're admitting your guilt and for causing pain to another person. For those who want to receive the expressing regret type of apology, a simple I'm sorry is all they really want. As long as they feel you are truly genuine, you don't need to try and provide restitution or any explanation for your error. The book describes expressing regret as a powerful apology language because it gets right to the point. The authors state that it does not make excuses or attempt to deflect blame, that over anything else, it takes ownership of the wrong that was done. This is why this language is viewed as an authentic expression of regret, ownership of wrongdoing, and a sincere effort to rebuild the relationship. The book also states that this apology language is most sincere when the person providing the apology displays their genuine feelings, not only verbally, but also through body language, through eye contact and a gentle demeanor. Number two is accepting responsibility, saying something like, I was wrong. It is very difficult for some people to admit that they are wrong because they believe it questions their value and portrays them as a failure. As human beings, we are going to make mistakes. That is just our nature. So by being able to apologize, you're showing your strength and your ability to humble yourself, as well as show that you are aware that you have a human flawed side to you, just like the rest of us. We will make bad choices on occasion. We will hurt people. It's who we are. It is how we handle these moments that is most important and a testament to our character. Many individuals that prefer receiving this type of apology need to hear the person apologizing say that what they did was wrong. If the apology fails to accept that responsibility, the person that has been wronged will believe that the apology is insincere. According to the book, many partners need to learn how to overcome their ego, the desire to not be viewed as a failure and simply admit that their actions were wrong. It states that for a mate who speaks this apology language, if an apology does not admit fault, it is not worth hearing. Being genuine in an apology means allowing yourself to be vulnerable, willing to put aside your comfort to admit mistakes. Of course, doing any of these apologies can be hard to do, but this one can be especially difficult if you are not used to it. However, if you are genuinely wanting to make amends for something, working on getting over the ego will go a long way in nurturing your relationships when you have made poor choices that affect someone else. Number three is making restitution. Saying something like, what can I do to fix this? Many people believe that any wrongdoing requires punishment and or justice in this case. Therefore, a person that is doing the apologizing can often feel if they feel some sort of pain or give something for their mistake, all can be forgiven. And in this case, it just may work for someone who speaks this apology language. They want to see the efforts being made in order to be forgiven. Oftentimes, in this case, the person that has been wronged wants the person at fault to provide justification for what they have done. They want an explanation as to the thought process that was behind the action. When on the flip side, some other apology languages like expressing regret, for example, could easily see this one as someone that's just making excuses for their actions. According to the book, when this language is spoken in relationships, the partner who has been wronged wants to hear that their partner still loves and cares for them. There are many effective ways to demonstrate sincerity in an apology. This is another instance when it is very important to know your partner's love language. 
which are words of affirmation, quality time, physical touch, acts of service, and receiving gifts. I highly recommend if you don't know your love language or your partners that you go ahead and take the quiz. You can find that at 5lovelanguages.com. That's the number 5, lovelanguages.com. If your partner values acts of service and you want to provide restitution for your wrongdoing, then giving them words of affirmation probably won't be the best course of action. Number four is genuinely repenting. Saying something like, I promise I will do better. For some, repentance is the only way they can truly receive an apology. Some will doubt the authenticity of an apology if it is not accompanied by the other party's willingness to try and correct their ways. They must have a strong desire to adjust their behavior to keep from repeating this behavior again. This language first must begin with being genuinely sorry and taking responsibility for what was done. This is essentially a multi-step process because really if it is a behavior that has either been severe or repetitive, no course of action is being made. If the person that was wronged needs repentance, they will have trouble forgiving if they do not see actions are being taken to make better choices. This goes back to truly being strong enough to show that you are willing to show your weak side and being capable of apologizing. It is also important to the person that speaks this language to hear the words of the party that wronged them. Verbalize that they will work on not making that mistake again. They want to know by your words that you will work on this and not just guess that your apology means that you will. According to the book, though you may be trying to change inside, if you do not verbalize your desire to change to your partner, they will most likely still be hurt. The book also states that many people have problems with repenting when they do not feel as though their actions were morally wrong. But it goes on to state that in a healthy relationship, we often make changes that have nothing to do with morality and everything to do with building our harmonious relationship. It is also important to make a dedicated plan for change. The book states that apologies involving repentance often fail because the person never sets up steps of action to help ensure success. So make realistic and concrete goals that you are able to put into practice, because when you are working toward bettering yourself, you are in turn going to better the relationship. If you do not make actionable goals to make these changes, you can slip into old ways, ones that you do not want to repeat. Also, keep in mind that change is not easy, and it is not always, in fact that it usually isn't, linear. So give yourself grace, but don't lose sight of your goals and your promises. Number five is requesting forgiveness saying something like, can you forgive me? In some instances, a person wants to hear someone verbally ask for forgiveness. They want assurance that the person is aware of the need for forgiveness. According to the book, requesting forgiveness assures your mate that you want to see the relationship fully restored. It says it also shows that you are willing to put the future of the relationship in the hands of the offended mate. You are leaving the final decision up to your partner to forgive or not forgive. So if you recall in the last episode, I mentioned that this is an apology where the person at fault is making it very clear that they know no matter what they say or do, that the power of forgiveness is within the person that was wronged. Some may feel that this is the lazy method when really it is the person's realization that they made a mistake and that it is not up to them whether they are forgiven. The language is also very difficult for the offender because as the book states, it leaves one vulnerable to the fear of rejection and the fear of failing. And just like the accepting responsibility apology language, this requires the offender to own up to what they have done and then leave the rest up to the person they have offended. And although it may be very difficult for you to accept you did wrong and be vulnerable in the process of apologizing, 
The only way to truly overcome this discomfort is to accept that it is just a part of being a human. We all make mistakes. It is a part of life and admitting to those and being willing to be open and uncomfortable to just express your wrongdoing is what needs to be done. To be genuine and to give the person you've harmed a real look at you, your heart, your soul in that moment. We all fail sometimes and the faster we accept that, the faster we can really show we're sorry. This in turn will then allow you to be a healthier version of yourself for not just the person you hurt or anyone else, but for yourself. Also, keep in mind that requesting or asking forgiveness is much different than demanding it. Demanding gives the indication that you are now owed the forgiveness. Then, the apology loses its authenticity. It is also important to keep in mind that when asking for forgiveness, it is very much so in the right of the person that was hurt, to either accept or deny providing that. You must be okay with either response. My two quotes for you this week are from Mark Matthews, apologizing does not always mean you're wrong and the other person is right. It just means you value your relationship more than your ego. And from Bruce Lee, mistakes are always forgivable if one has the courage to admit them. Next week, we are diving into part three of this discussion, which is why we apologize, what our languages are, and how to overcome not receiving an apology. I appreciate every single one of you listening and sharing this podcast with your family and friends. As always, I hope this information was helpful for you. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing, please subscribe and make sure to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. 